Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern-style worship and an on-time message from God's Word by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here's this week's message. If you have your Bibles, you go ahead and turn to the book of James, James chapter 3. James chapter 3. This morning, we want to talk about wisdom from above. What does James say about wisdom? Listen to what it says in James chapter 3. Verses 13 through 18. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace to those who make peace. Let's talk about wisdom this morning. The first thing I want you to write down, I want you to write some basic truths about wisdom. All right? Some basic truths about wisdom. The first truth is this. Based on this passage, we understand that there are two types of wisdom. Right? There is what is called the worldly wisdom or the wisdom of this world. The wisdom that a person gains as they walk, live, and experience life in this world. And it has certain characteristics in it. But then there's a second type of wisdom. That is the wisdom from above, or the godly wisdom. And it likewise has characteristics, and those are the characteristics that we want as believers in our life. Amen? So you need to get in your mind, when we talk about wisdom, there are two distinct types of wisdom. The wisdom of the world and the wisdom from above, the wisdom that God would give to us. Here's the second truth. The wisdom from above, the wisdom that God gives, can be acquired and is to be desired. All right? You think about that. It's not just naturally given to you, but it can be acquired and it is to be desired. That's found in James chapter 1, verse 5. Listen to what James says in chapter 1, verse 5. But if any of you lacks wisdom, talking about that wisdom from above, let him ask God, who gives to all men generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. If you lack wisdom, you can acquire wisdom. If you lack wisdom, you can have that wisdom from above. God will give it when you ask for that. When you desire it. So that wisdom from above we need. We need it. We should desire it. And we can acquire it. A third thing though that I want you to see about wisdom. Is that in the eyes of God. Wisdom is one of the best gifts God will give you. Think about that. If you were to ask of God. God I want you to give me the best gift that you could. One of the best gifts that God would give to you is wisdom. Now, how do we know that? We know that from the story of Solomon. It's found in 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 3. I'll read it to you, but here's what it's about. Remember when Solomon became king? 
He could ask anything. God told him, you can ask of anything that you want. Well, what would you desire? Do you want more wealth? You want more power? What do you want? You remember what Solomon asked for? Solomon asked that he would receive a wise and understanding heart. That's what he asked for. What I want is that wisdom from above. That's what he was asking for. He could have asked for anything in the world. That's what he asked for. This is what God, how God responds to that in verse 10. And it was pleasing to the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing about wisdom. And God said to him, because you've asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have you asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but you have asked yourself for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your word. Behold, I've given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall there be one like you who arises after you. And I have also given you what you did not ask for, both riches and honor, so that there will be there will not be anyone among the kings like you in all of your days. You know what God said? It so pleased God that Solomon asked for wisdom, that great gift, that God says, I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you everything you didn't ask for. Because you were smart and you were wise in asking for that wisdom. That's the best gift you could ask for. And it's the best thing in the sight of God that God can give. So if that's true... Whenever we leave here, I hope in our heart we know that we need to begin to ask for God's wisdom. Amen? We say, God, I want that wisdom from above. I desire it. I want to acquire it. I will ask of you. Here's a fourth truth, though, that I want you to write down about wisdom. And it's kind of a little novelty thing. But do you realize that wisdom is the oldest gift God can give you? Ever thought about that? It's the oldest gift that God can give you. I thought it was interesting, the last song that we sang a minute ago, The Stand. You stood before creation, eternity in your hand. You spoke the earth into motion, my soul now to stand. It's talking about where God was, that he was there creating the world, right? He's the one who created everything. He put everything in order. And whenever he put all those things in order, it says that he had something that he had from the very beginning when he was creating all that. In chapter 8 of Proverbs, it is a personification of wisdom. You know what a personification is, right? Personification is whenever you give a certain trait or an animate object, the characteristic of a human or a person. And so this proverb is, is like wisdom speaking. This is wisdom talking and, and saying what wisdom is about. Listen to what he says about what, where he was when God created the world. The Lord possessed me, that me is wisdom. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. From everlasting I was established, from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth I was. Do you know what coexisted with God? The wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is, is the oldest thing God can give you because it's part of his very nature. And whenever you ask for, for the wisdom of God, you're saying, God, I want you not only to give me the best, I want you to give me the oldest thing you got. And God says, I will impart that to you, this wisdom from above. There are four truths about wisdom that you need to write down and you need to grab hold of. About wisdom, but let's let's go beyond that. Let's talk about these two types of wisdom that's described by James here in James chapter three. 
The first one I want to describe is the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of this world. Question one, where do you get the wisdom from the world? It answers it right here. That's what it says in verse number 15. This wisdom, talking about the wisdom that's not from God but of this world. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above. Here it is. But it is earthly. It is natural. It is demonic. It says that there are three sources. There are three sources that you're going to get earthly wisdom from. People who live in this world, they're going to gain earthly wisdom just because they live in this world. And because those three things are going to be working in their life. And those three things are going to build that earthly wisdom, not the heavenly wisdom, not the wisdom from beyond, not God's wisdom. That earthly wisdom, three things are going to be a source of it. The first thing he says is it is earthly. Or, or it means this, that you get this kind of wisdom from life experiences. You get it from life experiences. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, you, they just have to learn for themselves. <laughs> You can tell them all day long, but they'll just have to learn. Experience is the best teacher. Oh, no, it is not. (laughs) I will tell you, experience is not the best teacher. Because what happens whenever you go through experience and you learn something through experience, you usually have scars to show it. Amen? We all have those scars to show what we have learned from that earthly experience of going through and trying those kind of things. But as you live in this world and as you have those experiences in life, yeah, you're going to learn some things just like Adam and Eve did. They learned from experience, didn't they? They learned the difference between good and evil. They learned between what is being like God and what's not being like God. They learned whether to trust God and believe his precepts or to go on their own. And whenever they went and made that mistake and they caused that sin, it not only affected them, it affected all of creation. And they learned from that. And we bear their scars. Because through the earthly experience, through life experiences, you certainly can gain wisdom. But it's not the best way to gain wisdom. Not at all. It's not only though says that it's taught through an earthly means. It says it's also through a natural means. Through a natural means. What is that talking about? That's talking about our soulish experiences. All right? Our soulish. You know what your soulish experience is? That's your personality. Your personality is your mind, your emotions, and your will. That's what makes up your personality. That's what makes up your soul. You are an eternal spirit and you're an eternal soul. Your personality is your eternal soul. And in your soulish life of what you think, what you feel, and what you will choose, you will gain earthly wisdom. But it's not always going to be the best of earthly wisdom because that old soul of ours is what? It's lost. That old soul of ours is still affected by our sin nature, isn't it? I wake up every day and I still have a sin nature. Anytime you don't think you have a sin nature, just be aware of of the next day. You'll find out you do. Amen? You'll find out it's there. And if you're letting your old sin nature, even though you love yourself and you love your personality and you love all things, but if you let your old sin nature be that which dictates to you and gives you meaning and purpose in life, and that's what you think wisdom is all about, you're going to have an earthly wisdom, but you're not going to have a godly wisdom. Because your soul is in a lost state. And it can't understand and it can't grasp the things of God. For it is far greater and his ways are far higher than our ways. 
But, but you will, through your earthly experiences and through your natural, soulish experiences, you will in your life gain that, that worldly, that worldly type of wisdom. There's one other influence, so don't miss it. It's not only earthly and natural. Look what else it says. It is what? Demonic. That earthly wisdom is demonic. You know what that means? That means there's somebody who's trying to influence you. There's somebody trying to affect your life. Somebody trying to be a part of what you choose to do, how you view things and how you see things. It's the God of this world. The old God of this world who seeks to blind the eyes that you will not understand truth, but rather be deceived by him. And if you don't have a greater power in you than, it, than he is, then you're going to let him influence your life. And you're going to have wisdom of the world, but it's because he's influenced you. He's dictated to you. Rather than God dictating you and giving you the wisdom from above. Those are the three sources. And every one of us who live in this world, we're going to be affected by those three things. Earthly, natural, and demonic, satanic influence on our life. All right? So whenever these three things are working, what what does this kind of wisdom look like? He describes it here in verse 14. You know what worldly wisdom looks like? Here it is, verse 14. But if you have, number one... Bitter jealousy. If you have bitter jealousy, bitter jealousy is a characteristic of worldly wisdom, of that worldly lost wisdom. Did you know jealousy can actually be a good or bad thing? It says God is a jealous God. And that means that God longs for and desires in a right manner for us. He, he longs for us to be with it. But whenever you put bitter with it, it turns it totally around. It says that worldly wisdom causes you to have bitter jealousy. And that bitter jealousy is that you envy somebody else, that you're jealous about somebody else's position in life. You're jealous about somebody else's possessions in life. You're just jealous of somebody else, and you eat up inside with this envy that's in you, and that's the result of being a worldly wisdom. Having that envy and jealousy within your heart and your life. But it doesn't say it's just envy and jealousy. Look what else it says. It says there's also selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. You know what worldly wisdom is going to tell you to do? It's going to tell you in every realm of life, you need to get ahead. You need to get ahead. You need to be at the top of the line. I don't care who you got to step on to get there. You need to get there. It's to your advantage to be at the head. And you're going to get there. You've got to find yourself getting there. And it doesn't matter what it takes. You got to get there. And and you can trounce on the truth of God's word. You can trounce on people. You can do everything. Because your selfish ambition is that you've got to promote yourself. You've got to be something. And that's not of God. It's certainly not like Jesus, is it? Who laid down his life as a ransom for many. Who came to be the servant of all. That doesn't sound a whole lot like Jesus when we're saying, man, I've got to get ahead. I want everybody to be serving me. And I'm going to be upset if I don't get to achieve and to take advantage. That, that, that worldly wisdom is, is how, do you, how can you cunningly get your way? How can I manipulate somebody and, and, and coax them in some way to get my way so that I can win? That's not of God. That's not a, a, a heavenly, 
Wisdom and wisdom for beyond, that's, that's the worldly wisdom, right? But that's not all. He said, he said not only bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, but it says it also has arrogance. Look at there in verse 14. Do not be arrogant. Worldly wisdom is arrogant, a prideful arrogance. And prideful arrogance is all about me. It's all about I want to exalt myself. And here's what the old sinful worldly wisdom does. It exalts man and it robs God of his glory. As children of God, who's supposed to be getting all the glory? God. (laughs) But if I'm busy wanting to exalt myself, if I'm busy wanting to get the praise, if I'm busy promoting myself and full of pride, then I'm stealing away God's glory. And that's what worldly wisdom does. Worldly wisdom is all about me. What's it going to do for me? How's it going to help me and mine? Well, when you have those kind of characteristics in your life from worldly wisdom, what is the result? Well, the result is is found there in verse 15. This wisdom is not that which comes from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist... There is, here it is, there is disorder and every evil thing. You know what that word disorder means? Confusion. Whenever you're dictated by worldly wisdom and you're trying to promote yourself and all this stuff is going, remember you're a child of God. Who's supposed to be leading your life? The Holy Spirit of God is supposed to be leading your life, all right? James is not written to a lost man. It's written to a, a child of God. And we're supposed to be seeking after the wisdom of God and walking in the ways of God. And here we are promoting ourselves and letting the worldly wisdom influence us, being conformed by the world instead of being transformed by Jesus. All that's happening and it causes confusion in my life. He used the word disorder or confusion. I, I, don't have a, I can't set on the purpose. I don't know what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? Is it about me or is it about something greater than that? It causes that confusion and it causes that disorder in your life, and, and, and there gives you a spirit where you are never satisfied. You can never be satisfied. And you know where worldly wisdom ends up? This word, it ends up accomplishing nothing. Worldly, worldly wisdom accomplishes nothing compared to what earthly, I mean, our, our heavenly wisdom, our wisdom from beyond will accomplish great and glorious things. So here's that, here's that first wisdom, the wisdom of the world. It comes through earthly, natural, demonic influences upon your life. It's going to have selfish ambition. It is going to have prideful arrogance. It's going to cause confusion within your heart and your life. It's going to have disorder within your heart, and it absolutely accomplishes nothing. God does not want you to pursue, and God does not want you to have this type of wisdom. The earthly wisdom is not how you are to be driven, but rather you are to seek and to find that which is the wisdom from above. The wisdom from above, which is where God gives it and how God gives it. Well, let's talk about that second type of wisdom, that wisdom from above. It's there in verse number 17. Here's what it says. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. Here's the first question I have. What's the source of the wisdom of God? What is the source of the wisdom from above? Here it is. It is the revelation of God. 
That, that is the source of God's wisdom. That's the source of wisdom from above. In the Psalms, David writes in that longest psalm in the Bible, Psalm 119, he writes this testimony about him as a young man. This is where he says what he says about himself. Verse 97 of, chapter, of Psalm 119. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thy commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. For I have more insight than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed thy precepts. Hear what he said? I'm wiser than my enemy. I'm I'm wiser than my teachers. I'm wiser than even the aged. He's not, say, he's not saying that for his glory. He's not saying that for his honor. He's saying that I am wiser. And how am I wiser? Because I know your word. I have meditated on your precepts. I know your revelation. You have revealed yourself to me. And when God reveals himself, his revelation gives you wisdom from above. That wisdom that you long for, that you desire, that wisdom that you need, that wisdom from above. Well, let's talk about, for a minute, let's talk about those characteristics of this particular type of wisdom. He identifies there, those right there. Here it is. The first one, it says, it's pure. Wisdom from God is pure. That means that it's true. It's true. It's genuine. Throughout, it is what you see. It's like Jesus. Jesus was perfect. He was perfect from the inside out, wasn't he? He didn't, didn't just not do anything wrong. He didn't ever think anything wrong. He didn't only not think anything wrong. He never had a wrong attitude. He had never had a meditation in his heart. He was absolutely perfect. He was pure. And the wisdom of God is the wisdom of Jesus, and it's pure. It's true throughout. Nothing hidden. It's pure. Not only is it pure, though, it says it's peaceable. Well, that's a good, that's a good word, peaceable. What does that mean? It means that you are able to rest in yourself. Instead of being out here and you have to pursue everything and you have to be on the top of everything and you have to keep coaxing yourself and petting yourself to think you're something special or to think you're acceptable before God, the wisdom of God gives you peace in your heart that you know that you're fine, that God made you and he made you unique and you don't have to achieve anything, you don't have to accomplish anything for you to be loved by God, accepted by God. You have a peace within your heart. There is nothing greater than to have peace in your heart. And how do you have that? The wisdom of God. See, the wisdom of God is being able to see things from God's perspective, not from man's perspective. You're seeing things from God's perspective, and you see how God views things. And God views you this way. If you have Jesus Christ as his son and his, your savior, and that son is over you and his blood has been shed for you, he sees you absolutely perfect, for he sees you like Jesus. And that's what matters most, Amen. It's not how I see myself, it's how he sees me. And if I can see how he sees me, I can have peace in my heart. Peace in my life. I don't have to be working to achieve anything. I have to work to satisfy something about my life. Here's another thing. Gentle. The wisdom of God is gentle. You know what that means? 
to wait patiently for God to work. That's what it means to be gentle. It means to have the ability to wait patiently for God to work. Do you ever find yourself impatient? You're faced with something and, and you're going to work it out. And you sit there and you spend all your time figuring out how you're going to maneuver this and work that so that you can get that worked out the way you want it to work out. Listen, if you have the wisdom of God, that gentleness means that you are willing to wait for God to work it out. You sit back in a satisfied state saying, God's in charge. He's over my life. He's over every situation. And he knows exactly what to, to accomplish. And if I'm just willing to wait for him, he will work it out. What a, what a gift. What a glorious gift that is to have that gentleness of the wisdom of God. Here's another one. Full of mercy. Why is a person who has the wisdom of God full of mercy? Because they know everybody needs mercy. <laughs> I mean, I needed mercy. And I was the recipient of the mercy of God. And since I needed mercy, I realized everybody else needs mercy. And if I'm the recipient of mercy, I can be the giver of mercy. And I can be merciful and full of mercy towards other people. Because in my wisdom and understanding what God has done for me, I can in like manner do it for them. I'm not, I don't have, they don't have to owe me anything. They, they, don't even, they don't even have to ask for forgiveness. I can give them mercy. A judgment. That's not of the world, my friend. The world does not say that, but God does. God's wisdom says that. Well, he says full of mercy. He says good fruits. You know what the wisdom of God gets? Good fruits. What do you need good fruits to bless somebody else with? You want your life to be a blessing? You want to be a blessing to other people? You want to be a blessing to other people? Here's here's the best way to be a blessing. Have God's wisdom in your heart, and you'll just have good fruit to share. (laughs) It'll just be good fruit that you can share. Wherever it comes, wherever somebody's needing something, you'll have the fruit to share. You'll be able to give that. Why? Because that's the result. That's one of the byproducts. That's a characteristic of the wisdom of God. Unwavering. Unwavering. You know what God's wisdom will do for you? He'll help you to be steady. The same person today you were yesterday. Instead of being wavering back and forth, you don't know who you're going to meet or they don't know who they're going to meet. You can be sane. How can you be sane? Because God Almighty is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's always the same. He lives in your life and his wisdom is controlling your heart. Therefore, he makes you like him. What a blessing. And what a blessing to everybody else if you'll get there. Amen. (laughs) Everybody will love it if you'll be that way. And how do you get that? Well, I've just got to work on my personality. No, you don't. What you have to do is you have to let the wisdom of God reign in your heart and life. The last one is without hypocrisy. It's true. And it really goes back up to pure. Same word, pure, that it's true throughout. Hypocrisy is it's true throughout. It's not some game we play, but it's who we really are. All of those are the characteristics of this wisdom from above. Now, this thing I'm about to tell you, I want you to write down because this is the most important part of all. I've defined for you the the truths about uh, wisdom. I've talked to you about the two types of wisdom. You don't want earthly wisdom, and you certainly need the wisdom from above. But here's the most important part. You need to write these things down. How do you acquire godly wisdom? And and do you think that's the most important thing? How do you acquire it? If I I need it, and I realize I need it, how do I acquire it? Well, here's the first thing. 
the first thing it says is that the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Isn't that right? The fear of the Lord. So number one thing is you need to fear God. Does that mean you're afraid of God? You're terrified about him? No. It means that you realize there is a God. Amen? You realize there is a God, that he's greater than you, that he is to be respected, honored, and that you are very small and minute in regard to who God is. And you recognize the presence of God. You just recognize the presence of God. That's number one. If you want to have the wisdom of God, recognize the presence of God. Here's the second thing, though. If you want to have the wisdom of God, the second thing is you need a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, if you know that God is real and you know that God is out there, you want to have a relationship with God, then you want that relationship. It is through his son, Jesus Christ. And if you will give your life to Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Jesus Christ, God will impart to you. He will impart to you by that step, the wisdom of God. Let me read a passage, a couple of passages of scripture for you. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 23 and 24. Write those verses down. 1 Corinthians 1, 23, 24. But we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Gentiles, he is Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. What is Jesus? He is the power of God and he is what? He is the wisdom of God. If you want the wisdom of God, get Jesus. Have Jesus. Look what it says in Colossians 2, 2 and 3. Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where do you find wisdom and knowledge? In Jesus Christ. So if you want to have wisdom from above, you need to have a relationship with Jesus. When you find Jesus, you find wisdom from above. He is the wisdom of God. Second thing, well, third thing, fear God, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's the third thing. Allow God's Holy Spirit to fill you. Allow God's Holy Spirit to fill you. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to take residence in your life. And he doesn't need to just take residence in your life. He needs to be in charge of your life. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It means to let him sit on the throne of your heart. Well, if you want to have the wisdom of God, let the Holy Spirit sit on the throne of your heart. Let him be in charge. And when he's in charge, he knows all the wisdom of God. He knows all the answers. And let him be in charge, and he will give you and impart to you wisdom as you need it, as you journey through life. The Holy Spirit is with you. You don't have to go look in a book somewhere. He is with you at that point in time as he controls your life. He'll help you know how to respond. He'll help you know this is what you need to say. This is what you need to do. This is what you don't need to do. But you have to let him be in charge. Amen? And that's based on what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, 17. Listen. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. He give to us what? A spirit of wisdom. And what is that spirit of wisdom? It's who is that spirit of wisdom? That spirit of wisdom is the Holy Spirit of God. So... Fear God, have a relationship with Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the third thing, or fourth thing. Pray and ask God for wisdom. I read that to you in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 5, remember? He who lacks wisdom, 
He who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to anyone who asks, and he will impart to him wisdom. But let him not ask unbelieving, but let him ask believing that what he has asked of God, that God will do, that God will give. So what you have to do is you have to pray a prayer of faith. That prayer of faith says, God, I believe that you said you'd give me wisdom. And I believe that you're here. And I'm believing that when I ask you, you're going to do what you said you'll do. Please give me wisdom from above. Please give me godly wisdom. And God has promised in his word that he gives generously to those who ask. And you will have the wisdom of God. I'm here to tell you, my friend, all through the journey of life, you need to have that prayer on your heart. As you go through experience after experience, I don't know about well, your life. My life is experience after experience. I'm not talking about day by day. I'm talking about minute by minute. <laughs> it's decision here and response here and what you're going to do there and how you're going to react to this and everything else. And you have to breathe a prayer unto God and say, dear God, help me know how to respond. I need a spirit of wisdom and I need for you to be here helping me along the way. And he promises that he will. He promises that he will. I had an experience about that yesterday. Our family was facing some things and it's really kind of in a turmoil situation. All day, just this turmoil uh, was going on with, within a, a decision we had to make about something and some way to handle something. And when I go to sleep, that's whatever I think a lot. I, I don't sleep much, but I think a whole lot while, I, while you're, I'm in, in the bed. And, and, and so while I was there, all during the night, I was thinking about this. And, and I woke up this morning, I, I told Lynn, I said, I said, I know how to handle that. I know what we're supposed to do to be able to handle that. Now, that wasn't me who figured that out. It was the fact that God gave to me the wisdom to know this is what I would want you to do. This is what I want you to do that's pure. This is what I want you to do that is, that is not promoting yourself. This is what I would want you to do that is honoring to me, that is Christ-like. This is how you need to respond. It was totally uh, not on my mind to do anything like that, respond that way in any way when I went to bed. I was looking at it from worldly wisdom about how, how can I do this a different way. But God imparted his spirit upon me even while I sleep to say, this is how I want you to handle it. This is what I want you to do and trust me in those things. Amen? And, and, and that's just God. That's not for me. That's, that's God's glory. And it's just a testimony that when you ask him and you believe he'll do it, he, he will do that. He will impart that. Here's the final thing in regard to how to acquire this godly wisdom. Read the word of God. Read the word of God. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy 3.15. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Another reference in the Old Testament about Knowing the word of God that imparts to you wisdom is Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. You can read those when you get home. But the key to that is get in the word of God. If you want wisdom, the Bible is full of the wisdom of God. Read the word of God. That's why David said, hey, I'm wiser than my teachers. I understand things that older people do not understand. Not because he was bragging himself, but because the word of God gave to him that wisdom. Final thing, we're finished, and it's this question. What do you do with wisdom? Is it just something we walk around, we carry on as a, with a banner, you know? We got, we've got this crown. Look at all these wise people. No, 
There are practical reasons for wisdom. And it's there in that very last phrase, verse 18. It says, And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Here's the reality. Wisdom is a seed. It's a seed. Wisdom is a seed that you and I are to plant that seed in the hearts of other people. So that that seed will bring forth fruit. Wisdom is not just for us. but Wisdom is for us to be a blessing to other people. And for you to have wisdom in your heart, people will see you as a blessing. They will cherish when you can come along and give to them a thought or an insight or an understanding about something, some direction where they don't know what to do or where to go. And you know that not because you're smarter than anybody, but because you see it from God's perspective and you have the wisdom from above. It's not something that we hold. It's something that we share. Not because we're smarter, but because we happen to be blessed that God has been faithful to impart to us what he promised is wisdom from above. And James says, every child of God, we do not need to be functioning and living by the wisdom of the world. We need to be functioning and living by the wisdom of God. And we have that choice to make. What will we do? How will we live? How are we going to be a blessing? What seed are we going to plant this week in the lives of other people? That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.